Since iTunes only keeps the last 100 episodes of any show, some of our show topics that seem to help the most people are no longer available when people search on iTunes. So, in an effort to make that information available to more people, from time to time we're going to re-air some of our most popular show topics. You can also go to kickitnaturally.com and search for any topic in our search box. For now, enjoy this show that originally aired in 2014. T.C. Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Welcome to Kick It Naturally. I'm Kenna McEnroe and I'm here with T.C. Hale, author, natural health expert, producer, and a lot of other things. Um, and that other voice you hear over there who's checking his text right now, Will Hottie Patati Schmidt. I'm, not, I'm looking up the composition of coconut oil. Oh, okay. It's, it's podcast just related. Just to refresh. It's podcast related. Was she just yelling at you a little bit, kind of? Yeah, I was like, hey, you're not paying. I'm paying extra attention. I'm giving you a hard time. So um, if you haven't heard, we're fancy now, and today's show is brought to you by audible.com. 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 Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at kickitinthenuts.com forward slash audiobook. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. But the only one you really need is Kick It In The Nuts. Kick Your Fat In The Nuts. Kick Your Fat That's in an audiobook. That's how fancy it is. Yeah, baby. Some guy just reading it to you like it's a bedtime story. Mm-hmm. So, and I had wanted to do it all in bad accents, but I got vetoed. Yeah, huh? Yeah, you got denied. Be glad, be glad. Um, We got a heap and helping of questions on Facebook. Yeah, we do. And it's today we're talking about coconut oil, fact or fiction. Is it good? Is it bad? Um, when, when do you use it? Who yeah. uses it? What do you use it for? What all do you that put stuff. It on? Yeah, all those things. We're gonna find out. <laughs> okay. I think so, Mark's gonna explain that part too. Yeah, us. he's gonna explain some um, super adult stuff. Yeah. So I think that we could probably just go into questions because we'll end up covering all of it. But we wanted to do this episode because there's still people out there that are still 20 years behind with the main with a lot right along with the mainstream information. Um, so we wanted to clear that up. And then some people in our support group the last few weeks shared like some interesting uses of coconut oil. I was like, ah, oh, we should we should kind of share that. Okay, cool. So let's jump into questions from our Facebook page. All right, Lexi from someplace I can't pronounce UK. Done for melamine, Fifi. Yeah. Can you cook with coconut oil? Cole from Buford, Georgia. Yes, it's a dense oil for medium high heat cooking you can cook anything in it it has little to no flavor kenna that's, that's me <laughs> from los angeles california there is also a brand called aunt patty's coconut oil that has zero coconut smell and flavor you can buy it online or at some whole foods if your whole foods doesn't carry it then they usually can order it for you i like cooking my savory food with it and then switch into a brand with more pronounced coconut flavor if i'm baking something because i just can't eat scrambled eggs that taste like coconut yeah, so and that's uh, that's the case with some people um, that they either don't like the smell of it cooking or they don't like the taste as much. Mm-hmm. But for most people, like even with eggs, um, well, the Tony first could time, just drink it, right? Know? I do. Yeah, I, yeah. I just I eat it by the spoonful mm-hmm. and I just like it. Um, 
because I'm a man. Yeah. It's it's a macho yeah. thing if you and can just eat it. Yeah, some people say Not it's really. an acquired taste that after a while you can't really taste it, but I never got to that point. Like, right. I tried and tried and tried and couldn't get there. Right. But for most people, like something like eggs, it really soaks up the taste. It might, it'll taste a little different and be like, yeah, that kind of tasted different. But after you eat it a couple of times, most people are like, oh, I, I like that better now. Yeah. Mix yeah, it up. most people who yeah. don't Not have all good people. sense. Right. No, but the Aunt Patty's, I, if you can't stand it and it, it repulses you or whatever, that smell when you walk into the house, it's like, oh my gosh, more coconut oil. Then get the Aunt Patty's. I mean, it's really good. It has all the benefits and it, it doesn't smell and it doesn't taste. So right. there you go. Uh, did we answer all those questions? I, I, I think maybe I, Cole answered. I think we did, but yeah, you, you really can cook. Um, anything with it, and it's really good for cooking because it stands up well to heat. We sh- yeah, we should also maybe point out why it's not good to cook with other oils that are not like so olive good. Olive oil, I used to think it was yeah. great, but it's really not great. To cook. Right, it's tasty and has its own thing, but it's because the the fatty acids in most plant based oils are really, really unstable. And they'll go rancid just sitting on a shelf for a little bit of time exposed to air, but they'll go rancid right away when you heat them. And what that really means, like why that's bad, it's it becomes a fat that your body has absolutely no use for and has a lot of toxic free radical damage that comes from those heated fatty acids. It's as bad as eating fried food. Like, mm. like oh well, not as tasty as like chicken, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken or something mm-hmm. like that, but heated olive oil, like, oh, I'm making a healthy choice. I'm being so good, but it's equivalent to deep frying your food and like eating french fries. You know? Right. So for decades, they had us cooking with all of these canola mm-hmm. oils and vegetable oils and Crisco, Crisco oils yeah. and good stuff. Oh, yeah, man. put it right. in fry, daddy. And they were telling us that this is the healthy way to do it. And oops. Yeah. Big all oops. that. I can't believe it's not butter, margarine, uh, all that. It shouldn't even be legal to sell, in my opinion. Right. And it's all synthetic and it's not good stuff. But for a long time, they told us this was the route to go, but it turns out that it's not. But it's coconut oil is much safer and it, it doesn't cause those same issues yeah. now at a high enough heat it can smoke and you won't be able to see in your kitchen right but that's fine yeah, you have to as f- long as you're not using crisco and putting that in your body right you gotta get to like 400 degrees yeah you really gotta crank it up smoking yeah. so you can cook with coconut oil and then you can pour olive oil over things when it's you know not hot like when, your salad yeah your, your stuff like that right yeah. and i've seen some things that indicate um fat, you know, baking with something like with olive oil in it and stuff like that, it doesn't cause as much damage, but I've heard other people say, yeah, it does. So I, I've seen both sides of that argument and I'm, I'm a, I'm not one to punch anybody in the face for it, but, um, with all those older oils that they were telling us to use, we know now that those are just horrible. It's, it's just about one of the worst things you can do is, is yeah. cook with those oh, other oils. great. Oops. All right, Richard from Tallahassee, Florida. TC, what does coconut oil taste like? Love your podcast, brother. That's exactly what actually what Richard sounds like. I really? Actually, yeah, I know oh. him. He, <laughs> he used to shuck oysters with me in this uh, raw sh- seafood bar. We would shuck oysters. It was good times. Mm-hmm. All the cool kids worked there. Nice. Um, but it, it for most people, it doesn't have a lot of taste. But for some people, it has like a severe Yeah, like Nina hates taste. it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's just not a fan mm-hmm. um, whatsoever. And I've, I've seen... 
a handful of clients that were like that, absolutely. Yeah, so that one you were mentioning, that... Aunt Patty's. Yeah, yeah. and there's some other ones, too. They're, like, liquid at room temperature, which is kind of easier to use for some mm-hmm. people. And really, it just tastes like just this watery oil. Yeah, right. well, Aunt Patty's is, of course, solid. And then when it gets hot outside or it's too gotcha. warm, it's, it's liquid. You, so. you must be losing some of the fats, though, and when you do that. Like, obviously, there's some things in it in regular, unrefined coconut oil that have beneficial properties like antifungal and antibacterial hmm. properties. But does the regular coconut oil, uh, doesn't it also, when it's warm out, go liquid? It does. It oh, does. Okay. I just okay. I, They have ones that are liquid at room temperature. Right. Oh, oh, okay. I can't okay. remember which one it is, but it's the lauric acid or the caprylic acid that is taken out. It's one of those things that causes it to harden at the specific right. temperatures. Which so might, for the liquid yeah. ones, it's just it's taken out. Yeah, which might be an oil you want if you're into the benefit of that particular fat gives you right yeah. and, and we'll probably talk about mct oils a little bit in this episode too and, and the you know the coconut yummies that you suggest i like those and i like when you're baking and you want something to have like a coconut flavor it's great yeah but when you don't it's like oh i'm eating coconut like, eggs yeah but for the most part eggs is the only thing that it stands out severely for most people mm-hmm. um everything else if you're cooking a stir fry you're going to use seasonings and stuff and all of that covers most of the coconut flavor good. right Nina's shaking her head no. Right. All right. Christy from Dublin, Ireland. Coconut oil is 80% saturated fat for every 100 grams. Do people actually know this? It's true. Sharon, (laughs) my doc said coconut oil affects cholesterol adversely. Is this true? Cole, Buford, Georgia. That's extremely outdated anti-fat rhetoric. Is that... You said that right. It was spelled wrong. Good job, Your doctor needs to review modern science. Claire, Derby, UK, a doctor will often condemn anything natural. No money in it for medical world. Aloe vera is another one they put down. Nora, Sharon, your doctor is nuts. So let's cover these, even though those people answered a lot of the questions for us. And this is really typical for doctors to still be telling people to stay away from saturated fat, it's going to raise your cholesterol, you're going to have a heart attack, and you're almost dead already just because you were talking about eating saturated fat. So why did we get there? You know, there's a lot of, uh, I think we talked a lot about this in a previous episode. We talked about good fats. Yeah, we had a dietary fat episode. a whole episode on fat like that. We're talking about these, like the socioeconomic reasons behind why unsaturated fats were promoted so heavily in these plant-based fats that the government could and our and our general economy could really benefit from if they were popular whereas we don't have that much coconut oil to like really monger right but corn oil and all that sort of stuff like we got tons of so it got a bad rap and it's sort of stuck in people's consciousness they do teach now though in medical schools like that is not how it works like you get high cholesterol from elevated triglycerides is part of errant carbohydrate metabolism. Like they tell them that as they're going through med school. Like, so all your doctors now in these younger generations, they know that and whether or not they're going to still share that what you can do nutritionally with that information is another thing or if they're going to put But that's pretty recent. So if your doctor is like 30 or older, you've got to be like, sorry, you're too old to be a good doctor. You know, how do you do do that? So they're dealing with a lot of outdated misinformation, which is being corrected now, but 
who knows if the pharmaceutical companies are going to jump on board with that and be like, yeah, you know what? Let's not use our drugs. Let's just let's just promote saturated fats to help fix people's cholesterol because it's really clear now in the scientific research that that is not at all how like low density lipids or what's called bad cholesterol levels are elevated. And they've done lots of studies that show people with diets that are richer in these saturated fats and restrict their carbohydrate and fatty acid consumption fantastically improve their carbohydrate their their cholesterol ratios they improve their hdl and decrease their ldl decrease their triglycerides on a diet of like super rich coconut and ghee and all that sort of right you know. and animal fats yeah it's not even debatable anymore. the whole egg even dun 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 yeah dun. it's so if you're willing to listen to uh an audiobook, or a guy, Jimmy Moore, has a really great book called Cholesterol Clarity, where he'll just slam you with so much research and documentation that this is accurate. You know? Right. So where we are right now is that, you know, and we travel the country interviewing nutrition experts, authors, all these people, uh, science guys that do all this work. And we couldn't find anybody that's thought that saturated fat was the cause of heart disease. You know, it, everybody knows this now. The problem is that it takes... 20 years for new knowledge to catch up with the mainstream and I don't think there's ever going to be a way around that just all the paperwork for government regulation and um, suggestions and recommendations it just takes too long it's like mm. calories people still believe in the whole calorie thing yeah. right so it's a lot of and to give you an idea you listen to our dietary fats episode to understand this more but the quick explanation is that long ago some scientists found that there's a correlation between heart disease and saturated fat. So they opened up all these people that died from heart attacks and all this saturated fat was in there. So they said, oh, well, let's, you know, don't ever eat saturated fat because look at what happened to these guys. They, they flat out died. They died all the way. <laughs> so that's what they stuck with. It just made sense to them. But the reality is that when we eat carbohydrates that are more than we can store, the body converts that to palmitic acid, which is a type of saturated fat, so that it can store that for energy later. So the saturated fat that they were looking at that was causing all the trouble doesn't even come from consuming saturated fats. It comes from consuming excess carbohydrates. So we know that now. Everybody knows that now. It's, it's, it's fact as far as all the information and we the have today. It's It's supposed to be round. Mm -hmm. um, but... So it's just going to take a long time for that to catch up. But that's a big deal because um, people restrict consuming good saturated fats that can improve their health because they've just been slammed with over and over again, bad, 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 bad. Yeah. it's All my baby boomer clients have such a hard time converting their thoughts. Mm -hmm. Like, I'd be like, here's all the research. Here's the benefit. Look, your numbers are getting better. Like, uh -huh. And they're like, I'm still afraid. You know, they're just so scared to eat butter or saturated fats, mm -hmm. even yeah. with all the logic staring them in the face. It's tricky. Uh, yeah, and I've had clients who have lost, you know, well over 150 pounds eating coconut oil a tablespoon at a time at every meal for a year. And then a relative who's a doctor will say, well, you can't have all that saturated fats. You're going to die. And they stop doing it and can't lose weight anymore. So don't look at the thing that helped you lose hundreds of pounds. Mm. Listen to a doctor that's using information from 40 years ago. Yeah. So this is what we want to do. We're just trying to help people understand um, the benefits of things like coconut oil 
and uh, who we'll get into who should use it and all that stuff too as we go on. And turn you against your doctors. Right. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, okay, so Evelyn, Los Angeles, California. I heard it helps with weight loss. It does. Well, it does in the in the most roundabout. So let's talk about first when it doesn't. When will it not help with weight loss? It will not help with weight loss if you're not good at digesting fats. Right. That's so. the biggest thing. And also if you don't stop eating the things that are making you fat. If you don't st- what now? If you don't oh, if stop. If you continue. Okay. Eating, right. Yeah. You're still eating coconut <laughs> oil, double, but you're also still But you're also pizza still eating a bunch of meat. Like I don't know. I put coconut on top of my fries. Yeah. yeah. I can hardly <laughs> even see fries and coconut oil. I can hardly see the lucky charms in my bowl cuz <laughs> right. I have so much coconut oil right. in there. It's just no. Okay. So, it, so that's problem number 1 is if you can't emulsify fats, if your bile is not flowing correctly, you can't digest fats correctly, and then those fats are not nutrition. They become a burden. Yeah. And if you're still eating foods that are pulling you out of fat-burning mode, that will also keep you from losing fat. Like carbs? Like sugar, yeah. So um, we, we have a couple episodes on the ketogenic diet where we talk about how eating fats and getting your body into fat-burning mode is definitely, bar none, the, fa- the best way to lose fat. But we, and that will help you understand what we're talking about here and why I'm saying if you don't stop eating carbohydrates to some degree also, the coconut oil and, and saturated fats won't necessarily fix the reason why you're staying fat. Right. And if you have carb cravings, we have episodes of that to explain how that happens and what to do about it. But the other issue that can happen is that coconut oil can tend to be a little bit pro-anabolic. And for nobody who's ever listened, for somebody, if you've never listened to us, maybe Will can quickly explain uh, the difference between a, a catabolic and anabolic state at the cellular level. Yeah. Um, there's a lot going on with this, so don't think this is an exhaustive explanation of the catabolic-anabolic imbalance, but you don't want to be too much of one or the other, and coconut oil pushes you to be more anabolic, and if you are already anabolic that could be imbalancing and the way it really messes the individual up that's too anabolic already is it screws up the ability of that cell to make energy it can make that cell too closed off to the surrounding environment and it and it screws up the oxidation of of carbohydrates and fats and energy and it creates a a very low oxygen level inside the cell and think of it like you have an engine in your car I have an engine in my car. Awesome. Well, this will work this as is a perfect, be a perfect story yeah, okay, for so me. run with that and think about <laughs> if your engine is getting too much fuel and not enough oxygen into the engine. So it creates this like choking like extra smoggy exhaust, right? That's what happens in an anabolic uh, cellular metabolism. They're they're forced to make energy without enough oxygen getting into the cell, and it will still try to run like your car clunking down the street, like pumping out all the smog. But it's creating energy in this dirty way through anaerobic fermentation, which means like low oxygen or oxygenless energy metabolism. So it creates all this extra lactic acid, which can make you freak out and contribute anxiety to, issues and yeah. stuff like that. And also just low energy because you're not. You're not combusting your fuel. You're not turning that that fuel into clean, usable energy effectively because of the problems with oxygen not being able to get into the cells, which is related to this whole anabolic thing. So the more anabolic you get, the more dirty fuel and lactic acid and lower energy production you'll get, and that's not useful. Yeah, So and don't get confused. The, the anabolic state is basically... 
um, we move into that state at night. All all of us are supposed to do that. So it's there's nothing wrong with the anabolic state, but um, some people get stuck, pushed too far in that state all the time. And we're supposed to be in a more catabolic, where open up uh, cellular, uh, the cellular cellular level is a little more opened, and we're creating more energy. We're supposed to be that way during the day, so tissues can break down, and then at night, in the anabolic state, they're rebuilt, and that that's how things stay functioning and pretty. Yeah, if you think about someone trying to lose weight, um, and they're stuck in that anabolic state, uh, think of someone like if they're they're taking anabolic steroids and they're severely anabolic because of that. All the time, their body's trying to rest and rebuild and grow, right? That's not the fat-burning mode, necessarily. They're like, their tissues are trying to like conserve energy and build more tissue, which is not like the state you want to be in if you're trying to lose weight. And for some reason, while they're on the steroids, they put all of that weight on their neck. So they can have a huge neck. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure why that happens. Yeah. Um, but another issue is that in this overly imbalanced anabolic state most of the time type situation uh, it can kind of change where the body sends water and the person can get really constipated so if you have a person that's constipated and they're and they're trying to lose weight and they can't lose weight because they're constipated um, using adding coconut oil in at that point could cause that person to be more anabolic and more constipated therefore making it even harder to lose weight. Yeah, and the way that works, like the more anabolic you are, the more of the water you consume goes out through your kidneys instead of your colon. So think of it like a little stir or like a turret in the stream. You could direct more water towards the colon if you're, your cat- if you're the more catabolic you are or more water towards the kidneys the more anabolic you are. So you don't want to push more towards the kidneys if you're like having to wake up at night to pee all the time and you only go to the bathroom every other day. Right. Eating anabolic-inducing foods like coconut oil would maybe not be a good idea right now. Right, so... And we teach people how to run simple tests on their physiology um, in our free four-week digestion course at kickitinthenuts.com. So you can run these tests and kind of get an eye of what, what your physiology is doing. Are you stuck in one state? Um, but I talk about this a lot in Kick Your Fat in the Nuts that coconut oil can be so effective for helping people drop weight that even if you're in a position um, or you're too anabolic and should not use coconut oil, I suggest taking steps to improve that imbalance so that you qualify to use coconut oil. Yeah, because mm. I'm anabolic and I use it all the time. Yeah. Right. So we corrected a lot of stuff with Kenna. We did not correct everything with Kenna. No. But no. well, we corrected still, a lot I'm of a stuff. I'm a work in progress, crazy. baby. Well, but maybe... Okay. Go ahead. I was going to say, can I say one more thing about Ev- Evelyn's thing? Yeah. Um, just real briefly on the... I heard it helps with weight loss thing, like... I just want to mention quickly so you get more interest in that whole ketogenic podcast episodes that we did is if you're eating carbohydrates or a lot of protein, your body is going to run mostly on glucose. It's going to try to use that for energy, which means it's going to not turn to body fat or dietary fat for energy. And that's a problem because if you're trying to lose fat then and weight in general, then you want your body to be going after your body fat and eating that and turning metabolize that and turn it into energy. But it won't do that as long as it has glucose available. So just adding fat to your diet is not going to help unless you restrict the sources of glucose and force the body into using fat for energy. And that doesn't mean that a person has to have no carbs. You know, when we talk about ketogenic diets, there's a lot of benefits and, and things to go that route. But 
even when a person can just lower their carb consumption and then add in things like coconut oil and supply the body with good fats, the body can start to learn to burn a little bit of fat, especially when uh, you've burned up most of the glucose and now you're supposed to be able to switch over to burning fat. It's like this backup storage that we have. The problem is most people can't access that storage because insulin levels are always high from all the carbs that they're eating. So we teach people how to bring insulin levels down so the body can access stored fat. And things like coconut oil can be almost like training wheels for your body to just kind of stoke the flame a little bit and teach it, hey, this is available. It's really easy to burn it for fuel, so I'm going to learn to burn this. And once I do that, hey, I did pretty well with that. I might as well burn some of this body fat too. But you still have to set up the body so that it can access that body fat. And with high insulin levels, it can't. And I think it's good that you said that again about the protein. Like if you're eating too much protein too, because that'll turn it into sugar or glucose, whatever. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I forget about that. And then I'm like, maybe I'm eating too much protein, mm-hmm. you know. So that's yeah. good to remember. Right. All right. Keely from Los Angeles, California. I've heard of people turning it into body lotion. How do you do that? And does it work? Sarah, I melt the oil and then put it in my stand mixer and mix it until it solidifies again. This mix, this makes the texture of the lotion smoother. I also add essential oil. You can add other oils, but I do not since I use it on my kids. I love using it as a lotion. Just remember that a little goes a long way. Amber from Clara, Michigan. You can use it alone or put beeswax on it. <laughs> Beeswax and oil in a mason jar. Set it on a pot of water. Boil until they're melted. Carefully remove. Stir in olive oil and vitamin E. Continue doing it as it solidifies. You can add essential oil of your choice at the end. Wow, Amber. Wow. She's, Hello. She's, she's like an apothecary yeah. over there. <laughs> I'd see her own YouTube channel mm-hmm. like, doing that. So there's a lot of benefits to this. Um, just because... Coconut oil is very antibacterial, antimicrobial type of stuff. And that's why you hear about people using it uh, like to brush their teeth and um, put on uh, infections and stuff like that. Just because it's so effective at wiping out bacterial type situations. Yeah. Yeah. It's all. And they they even do this thing in Indian traditions of oil pulling with their teeth. You heard of that? You like swish with oil. Because certain certain uh, compounds are fat soluble, so just like rinsing with a water based sort of cleanser, like scope or something, doesn't necessarily get at it. But it's called oil pulling, where you swish with oil for like twenty minutes in your mouth, and it can pull out all the uh, like stains on your teeth that are fat based soluble, uh, fat soluble. Well, that's fun. Yeah, I didn't know about sounds that. Sounds nauseating, but I think it works. <laughs> Cheryl, I use it in my hair once a week. Miriam, do you see a difference and isn't it hard to wash out? Cheryl, no, it's great. Not hard to wash out at all. Yeah, and I was looking at some of this because I've never talked to people who use this. Um, but it appears that oil has the ability to get into the hair follicle. The, the coconut oil does. Uh-huh. And I'm not sure exactly why that would be. But um, since hair is made of protein, and we talked about that on an episode about female hair loss, um, so adding those the fats in there seems to be able to help the strength of it. And I've never tried that. Do you know anybody who's tried? I lived in India for like four years, so that's very common for them to use coconut oil as their hair gel. Um, it does have a, the scent of coconut, though, so you might not want to smell like that. As far as using it as a body lotion, though, again, because it is a pro-anabolic fat, 
I wouldn't recommend it for someone who's already too anabolic. anabolic. Like for me, like my, like I lean anabolic and part of that goes along with being like the higher you get your testosterone levels, the more sort of these saturated fats that you'll create in your skin. And there's certain types of bacteria that will live on those fats and they eat them and create like irritation to the skin. And that's where you get acne related to like bodybuilders that are either like taking testosterone or growth hormone or that are just adolescents that have really high testosterone levels because of where they're at in their life. Or if you're training hard and eating foods that are helping build muscle, you're going to push yourself to be more anabolic if you're doing it right. And that can make you more susceptible to like acne skin issues related to the bacteria that feed off of the fats that come from being too anabolic. So I wouldn't, like for me, if I put oil on my skin, I break out from it. Yeah. And it's because of that. Yeah, I would too. But my lips now, I'll put some coconut oil on my lips if they're chapter dry, and that's great, you know. Yeah. Jazzy, see? More uses. Yeah, there you go. All right, Amber again. Clara, Michigan. Why do I crave spinach sautéed in coconut oil? Because it's delicious. That's why. It is yummy. It's also a really great way to cook uh, beet grains, which are otherwise, like, kind of bitter and don't taste so good. Sauté them in, like, coconut oil with a little salt, and it's freaking awesome. I'm getting hungry, yeah. boys. Okay, yeah. but when you're salt, when you're when you're cooking in the coconut oils, and then you eat that food, you're getting all the benefits of the coconut oil. So all of those fats, and a big deal with saturated fats, uh, especially like coconut oil, that are easy for the body to access and use. Uh, when it comes to weight loss, is that a lot of times the body's just holding on to fat because the person isn't eating any. And the body needs fats for all of these functions. So a person can be eating right but have a hard time losing weight because they're eating low fat like some idiot told them to do 40 years ago. Right. Um, so one of the benefits of coconut oil when it comes to weight loss is that you're giving your body the fats that it needs to function and then it doesn't feel so stingy. It can let go of fat that it had stored, and it can burn that for fuel, and it's fine. But if you're not putting fats in, it'll hold on to those stored fats like money in the bank. Yeah. Also, you feel more full. Like you're yeah, it's very satiating. You um, eat more fats and Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. And I would say, like, we're, we've said a lot of, like, provisos about maybe why we wouldn't want to use coconut oil if you're too anabolic, but... Just like for the record, we're we are huge fans of using coconut in general. Like you said, if you are to be anabolic, try to push yourself into a situation where your chemistry is catabolic enough to really benefit from it because it's amazing. So much so like we've included in a lot of the recipes that we're using in our cookbook. We wanted even should just be called coconut and a couple of things thrown in. Yeah. Ways <laughs> to use coconut cookbook. <laughs> yeah, and it's a thousand ways to cook with yeah. coconut oil. It's, I, I find that it's not like there are some foods like a runny egg yolk that is very pro anabolic and I find that coconut oil is doesn't seem to be as anabolic as that. Yeah. And if somebody's balanced, they seem to do fine with it. It's just the very extreme people that are so anabolic that they, they pooped once last month. Mm. You know, those type of situations where if they have coconut oil, it will push them much further. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Megan from LaGrange, Ohio. How do you know when you qualify to increase your coconut oil intake? What self-test measurement should one look for? How timing is everything and more isn't always better unless it is the right time? What to watch for if taking too much coconut oil? You get my drift? I do, Megan. Um, and, and I talk about this a lot in my book, and that's probably why she was asking about it. But... Uh, one indication that you should not be having so much coconut oil is if you start to break out. 
And that's usually a strong indication that your bile is not flowing enough to emulsify the amount of fats that you're consuming. Um, so you might do fine on a little bit of coconut oil, but when you increase, increase it, you find that you start to break out. And why don't you explain why we have breakouts with fats that aren't digested? Yeah, because they'll, they will... Um well, there's a couple reasons why acne can break out, but I think what you're relating to is when the fats aren't broken down and they're getting circulated through the bloodstream and they're not being eliminated out through the bile like we want them to and they're not being broken down into usable bits, then the skin is going to work as a filter organ to try to help out and push them out through the skin. And like I was talking about earlier, ac- there's bacteria that will feed on those fats and then that irritates the skin and creates acne in response to those the fats that are secreting. Right. So that's that's one of the big signs. And Or if you get nauseous from eating too much fat, it kind of helps you understand, okay, I, I don't have the ability to process that much fat. And that's very common, especially in a world where we've been eating low fat since parachute pants kind of mm. stuff. So it, it's caused a lot of trouble because if you don't use your bile, it sludges up and doesn't flow and now we have problems yeah Yeah, i'm anabolic and every time i eat with coconut oil i'm totally fine it's when i add the when i do the ketogenic and i add the butter and the heavy cream and stuff like that huge amounts yeah then it's like then i have to like work on my digestion to get that all one thing that when we, we talked about the ketogenic episodes is that a lot of people will use mct oils and mct oil is made from coconut oil if you're using a good one like buried treasure um but it's not the whole compound it's mainly just the medium chain triglycerides and those fats are very easy for the body to burn as fuel so we use that to kind of boost that fat burning situation but for a person that can't process a ton of fats high levels of mct oil will make them nauseous and not feel so great or even have discomfort yeah. Or even diarrhea type stuff. Yeah. So we have people add that very slowly um, and build that up. But it's just a good example that shows how someone else who has really poor bile flow can eat just about any fat and be nauseous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also just to pinpoint some answers for Megan, like the things you would look at in your self-test to see would be like if your saliva pH is low, like if it's below 6.7 or something like that, if it's around 6.2 or 3, that's all, that's an indication of maybe not being ready to increase your fat intake. If because you, it's, it's an indication that bile's not flowing. Yeah. Well. If you use a urine dipstick test and you see bilirubin or urobilogen present, those are other big indicators that probably not a good idea. Right. And this is an 11 parameter dipstick that you can get at like Amazon and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And I have, um, we show you how to do these self tests. And I have a, a page on my website at uh, mybodyofknowledge.net forward slash self dash tests where you can see videos of how to do these different tests, including that one, the urine dipstick test, which can show you your urobilogen or bilirubin in your urine, which should not be there. It should, that's an indication that your bile is not flowing correctly and it's refluxing back through the blood and out through the kidneys. Also, if your urine-specific gravity, which is also a measurement on that same dipstick, if that's kind of high, that's an indication of being in a catabolic imbalance, which catabolic people tend to have bile that is more sticky and sludgy and crystallizes into gallstones and things like that. Because not enough water is going through the kidney pathway, so it kind of can help sludge that up a little bit. Yeah, and the catabolic state, there's also an increase in amount of bilirubin, cell die-off, that makes the 
uh, bile more crystally. So any of those markers, as well as digestive symptoms, like if your stool is light in color or if you tend towards diarrhea or, like you said, acne or nausea, all those are indications that your bile flow is not really on point yet, and you should do work to improve that before you try to uh, increase your fat intake. And, you know, we teach people how to do those with things like uh, beet flow that has a lot of beet greens in it, um, coffee suppositories or coffee enemas. But if you can take those steps to help thin it out a little bit, it seems to improve for most people pretty quickly. Um, but another thing that can help improve that is to continue eating fats that are going to uh, force the body to have a need for bile and it'll keep trying to pump that out whereas if it's really backed up it's not going to fix it and you're just going to get more and more nauseous and curl and not like us yeah don't right but if you can take the steps to make it thinner and flow better um then eating more fats seems you know consistently you might have to start slowly but doing it every day and keeping that going uh seems to have an ability to help that even further as far as timing um I tell a lot of people that, you know, I talk about these coconut yummies that I make um, where I just melt some coconut oil and put some stevia or maybe something else and then it cause some flavor. And then you put it in little molds and put it in the refrigerator and it hardens. It's like an after-dinner mint. And it's just a way to get a lot more good fats in your meal. But I tell people to eat that with their meal because I want all that digestive action going on so that it's easier to emulsify those fats. But once somebody is really good at emulsifying fats, they can have it away from a meal and then they do fine. I just kind of suggest that timing since most people are in the process of improving that situation. Hmm. Okay. Nisa, I have been working on my bile flow for some time so I can increase my coconut oil consumption. I have been taking two to three beet flow per meal, did six rounds of Xenoplex, and have rid my diet of most processed foods and grains. When I try to add more coconut oil, I still break out, feel nauseous, and my skin is very itchy. What other steps can I... Uh, what other steps can I take so I can increase coconut oil? I would love to use it for fat loss and help with my catabolic imbalance. Mm. So after Nisa posted this, I asked her a follow-up question. I asked her, have you done an 11-parameter strip yet so that we could look to see uh, is there bilirubin or urobilogen on that strip mm -hmm. so that we know maybe bile is not flowing, even though she took enough steps for most people. Most people, by the time I did six coffee suppositories, um, and coffee suppositories, do you want to explain why that helps bile flow well? Yeah, they work in different, literally from the other end. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so the bee flow, bee flow works on the bile itself, making it more liquidy and less crystallized and less sludgy. And then that bile is supposed to uh, go through the gallbladder and, th and then squirt out of the gallbladder through this pathway called the biliary tree or the biliary pathway. And then it's supposed to hit the food and help emulsify the fats at that point. But there's a lot of times, especially in a catabolic person, where that pathway, that biliary tree, is congested or constricted and can be blocked usually by crystallized bile itself. And then the bile can't flow through the way it needs to flow, so it gets reflexed back into the liver and back through the blood. And that's when you'll see conjugated bilirubin 
leaving out through the urine. Right. So if you can do that dipstick test and see that, then you know, okay, I've done a lot of steps to fix my bile flow, but I haven't done enough steps to fix my bile flow. Yeah. Um, so, and she, she replied and said that she has not done that, but she just ordered some to do that. So that's, that's the first thing that I would do is trying to figure out, okay, do we know if it's flowing or not? There could be other issues. I mean, it's not impossible for someone to have an allergy to coconut type situations. It's just not something that I, I don't think I've ever seen that with a client, but I, I certainly believe it could be possible. Um, yeah, and then, like, so, yeah, do you want to really pay attention to, like, did you actually achieve the result you're looking for? Like, then you can do that. And if it, you haven't, you got to do more work first. But the great thing is there are tools available that can help you see that, you know. So, like, do that urine dipstick test. See, did you have your bilogen or bilirubin? Is your specific gravity still really high, which is an indication of being too catabolic, meaning your bile is still going to be sludgy? And if it is, there's other steps you can take in addition to maybe doing a, a full-on coffee enema or something like that, or a beet flow flush, those things to help really push the bile. There's other things you can do to help your body be more anabolic if you know you're in a catabolic state. Things like particular amino acids like glutamine or... Uh, right, if your blood pressure is not already high. Yeah, or um, collagen, gelatin, those kind of things to help give your body the other amino acids that it needs to make good bile. Right, because if you're taking steps to improve the issues, and she says she's removed most of the uh, processed foods in her diet, and processed foods seem to have the ability to sludge up bile as well, um, and so does a catabolic imbalance. So if there's still some foods in there that are causing it to sludge up, and she's still way catabolic, even though she's taking steps, it might not be enough for that situation. So taking other steps to improve the catabolics in other way, catabolic imbalance in other ways is great. Um, and then removing all the processed foods is the step I would take. Yeah, go further. All right. Cole from Buford, Georgia. I use it every morning in my coffee with whey. Isolate an hour before training. Whey isolate. Way, oh, way isolate. Okay, I thought he had a typo there. Okay, great energy source and mass MCTs. If you want to drop body fat and increase positive hormones, then definitely use it in the morning with no carbs. Program your body to use fats as a primary energy source. So I'm okay with everything Cole says, except that that won't work for everybody, kind of like we've talked about. Yeah. But if you set no your body up, is right for every person. yeah. But if you set your body up, then all of a sudden you could start to see some success and yeah. things like that. Do you have any comment on the way isolate bit there? Or do you want to skip over? I, I wasn't going to get into it, but okay. I mean, you can. Why don't you do that? Well, just I mean, I think there are benefits from it. I mean, in general, we have some like standoffishness to it because of its impact on estrogen levels, raising estrogen. Uh, I think we'll talk about that more in depth though when we look at like a future episode on protein powders. And right, and we'll kind of talk about why when we were developing our protein powder, why we you know went other routes. Yeah. Okay, Rich. I recently started putting about a teaspoon in my morning coffee. Any other suggestions to get it in my system throughout the day? Cook with it. Cook with it is one, and, and but to Coconut get ex- yeah to get extreme benefits, I find that cooking with it is not enough. I find that people need to actually add more in the form of coconut yummies. And um, let's say that you're a person that you really can't eat coconut oil in any form. We've found that MCT oil can bring those benefits about, and it has no flavor whatsoever. Yeah, my my favorite way is with coconut milk powder. I'll take like huge scoops full of that and throw it in my shakes. It's delicious. You can get that um, 
There's one called Z Natural Foods makes coconut milk powder. We actually wanted to include that in our mix, but it's just not shelf-stable enough. Um, and then Wilderness Family Naturals has an organic one that has like a lot of great flavor to it also. And we have a ton of recipes coming out soon in our Cook for Your Chemistry cookbook that shows a lot of other ways you can use coconut to make like the power balls i made today and i can't wait to yeah, eat one of those balls right that's what i thought <laughs> so, and, like, there's, there's a lot of like cr- like crusts and waffles and pancake recipes and things like that that use coconut flour and coconut butter and coconut oil and coconut milk powder and fresh coconut that meat paleo fudge that i made is basically like coconut oil with some cacao, cacao and yeah. some stevia and stuff right, right. so and we, we find like with making something like that or the coconut yummy type situation um, that is the easiest way to just have a couple of them after each meal. And I lean more catabolic, so I really like coconut oil a lot because it really benefits me. Mm-hmm. And if I eat out somewhere, I mean, after my meal, I'm like, to the waitress, you, you didn't bring my coconut yummy. Yeah, well, that's What's a tricky thing because it's like, doesn't it melt if you take it with you? Yeah, you can't yeah. put it in your right. pocket. <laughs> right. So like in my surprised you haven't found like some kind of way to keep it cold. They, there's a company that sells like little ketchup packets of it. Oh my, oh my god! Gosh. Wow. I think it's Artesia or something like that. So, I can't remember the name. I mean, the way I'll do that, I'll, I'll put my coconut milk powder in a shake that I can just bring with me in my car. Um, but then there's there's also really delicious ways to get coconut. It doesn't have to be just the oil. You can eat fresh coconut. You can blend that into your shake. It's delicious. It takes a little bit of work to like, you know, shell it. Whole Foods usually sells like coconut meat in little pre-packaged Ooh. stuff. And then there's also coconut butter, which is fantastic. It's like marshmallow cream. It's really delicious. Yeah. What? So you can melt. Like coconut butter is very solid room temperature. You can eat it straight. It's delicious. Wow. But you can also use it to make awesome desserts or even sauces. So yeah, can, if we, we make a chocolate sauce that we put on vanilla ice cream. Yeah. And it, it just, it, it makes everything taste like, oh, you're not supposed to eat that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Throw it in like a sweet potato mash or a yam mash. Yeah. Or it's it's like so cream and rich. Like the cauliflower or mash. That you potato, make, yeah. It would add so much flavor to it. It's freaking awesome. Mm. Oh, we better rock this out. We're running out of time. We've got a lot of questions left. Okay. Mark, hate to be the weirdo here, but it's very good for couples coitus. True. Okay. (laughs) We've got a vote yes there. Jay, Long Beach, California. Toothpaste lube helps hair grow and rehydrates. Okay. I'll take your word. Two people backing that up. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe they're hanging out. (laughs) Carol, brush both my teeth and my dog's teeth with it. She only has two. (laughs) Her both of her teeth. And her dog's teeth with it. Does does a great job getting rid of tartar. I use it to make homemade deodorant. Hmm. And I use it straight as a skin moisturizer and lip gloss. Cook everything with it. Put it in my coffee and eat coconut yummies. I add unsweetened organic coconut every day. Love this stuff. And I forgot to ask Carol. Carol, if we don't uh, ask you on this post, if I forget, send us a note on Kick It In The Nuts on how you make the homemade deodorant. I really want to try that. That's oh, a really gosh. fun idea. That's right. And uh, I use it also like like if I... I don't. I haven't had a cold in like four years, but I remember I used to have like horrible chafed nose from blowing my nose all the time, and my it would just hurt. And I, my parents said no help, no help. And it just hurt. And if I, then I later said, oh, if I put Vaseline, I could like it would soothe it. But then I was like, that's gross. Like that's a horrible chemical to put on mm-hmm. your skin. But coconut oil is like all good, and it actually helps heal it. So there's another use. Right. Hmm. Okay. Anyway. Debbie from Asheville, North Carolina. I take a tablespoon morning and lunch. Is that good for me if diet is correct? 
Well, a lot of people say my diet is correct and they're, they're following someone's advice. It's horrible. So I can't say what if your diet is correct or not. But all those things that we said before apply to this question. Yeah. So if it's if it's right for you and you can emulsify fats, then you're doing some great stuff. I just had a good idea. You need to come up with a makeup line. I'll help you create it made from coconut oil. Perfect. There we go. Done. That'll be the sponsor of our next show because uh-huh. it shouldn't take us more than a week to wrap that up. Yeah. Get that done. <laughs> Get that yeah. Done. yeah. <laughs> Lindsay from Fort Myers, Florida. Is it good for diabetics and pregnant women? So for type two diabetics. It can be a big deal because a type 2 diabetic is basically stuck burning fat. They can't even burn carbs, and that's kind of the problem that's going on. So if you can get their bile to flow correctly, then giving them coconut oil could really help lift their energy and give them some good resources and probably help them get rid of some of the fat they're having. But again, to really benefit them, you got to drop the carbs. For pregnant women... Do you have an opinion on this? I hate pregnant women I, questions. It's just because they're so legally like I know, dangerous I'm so to freaky say about anything. saying anything with Check pregnant women. Check with your women. doctor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you have to. And you're also like, it could be mine? Could it but be? But no. hypothetically, <laughs> theoretically, yeah, it's awesome. You know, if, if you have all these other issues. But a lot of times, women will get cholestasis or impaired bile flow when they're pregnant. And they'll have even a stronger carbohydrate cravings fat. So, and some of the hormone effects that are going on could be causing that. I'm yeah. not going to say that's what it is, but it could be. Right. So you could feel super awful if you're eating fats, if that's happening. And you might have had no problem digesting fats before you got pregnant. But now, like because of the hormonal impact and whatever else is going on, you got cholestasis, which just means impaired biofo. Then you, gotta, you should check that out. And you can look at that. Like if you go to um, the our free digestive issues course at kickingthenuts.com. You can learn how bile works and what it feels like and and tests you can do on yourself to see if it's not flowing well. Uh, Then you can take steps to help fix that. And then once that is flowing well, then potentially it could be a really great fuel source. Right. And, you know, but somebody making a kid, that kid has a lot of fats in it. So there needs to be a supply. Yeah. You know, so for... A lot of people, if they're eating low fat while they're pregnant, that's a problem. And that's why they crave things like uh, cheeseburger, you know, Mm. kind of stuff. Because the body's like, look, we need these fats. So in that regard, wouldn't coconut oil be a kind of good idea? I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. Okay, if I ever get pregnant, you better be a little more decisive (laughs) with your answers. I will not. (laughs) You can probably put it on your stretch marks, too, on your stomach. That might help Mm. with your skin being more elastic. Mm. I don't know. Don't listen to me either. I know nothing. Uh, Tim from Mooreville, Mississippi. I love it. Coconut oil and extra virgin olive oil are the only oils I use. Woohoo! No, as it turns out, that's kind of how I am too. And I'm not, I'm not saying that there butter. aren't others that can be well, butter. Yeah, I'm all about butter. That's an oil. Too. Well, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but MCT, there's but. a lot of other oils that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I lied. Yeah. <laughs> I have all kinds of oils. Yeah. But there's other oils that people say, well, they have benefits for this. They're good at this heat. And some of them I'm not totally against. But when it comes to me using what I'm going to use, I basically just use those. Like I hear a lot of things about grapeseed oil, but you're kind right. of... Right. Yeah. I, I, and, and some of the what they're saying about it, I'm saying, okay, I can agree with that. Um, especially cooking at high temperature with that one. But I, I just... I don't go that route. I, I have other things that I don't like about those, and I just stick with what I like. Yeah. 
I mean, there's a lot of really great articles that if you're sitting there thinking like, I eat fish oil every day and flax oil and it's mm-hmm. awesome and it's essential. Well, you guys are morons. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's because now the reality is you just called a lot of people morons because right. that's a big message out in the mm-hmm. mainstream. Right. Yeah. No, I, I was thinking like if you're sitting there thinking, hey, I use this and that. Oh, okay. You guys, meaning us, are mm-hmm. morons for saying that fatty acids oh, okay. are bad. Yeah, well, you can call us morons yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean... I so just like saturated fat was really bashed in the past, and now like medical science has learned, oh, that was it was actually fine. But now people are indoctrinated with the idea that essential fatty acids are super important to emphasize a lot, and it's really hard to convince people like more close to our generations that 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 you shouldn't be taking fish oil and all these other things. Right, like and there's some people that it can benefit, but there's a lot of people like me that it would I would ruin me if I was taking fish oil. Yeah, I would fall apart. So if you want to like look deeper into that uh, you go to ray pete's website and he has some really great articles on fatty acids and fish oils and how a lot of the data promoting the benefits of essential fatty acids is totally misinterpreted so you can go to raypeat.com and look at his articles there all right, Timothy, put it in my coffee. Love it. Woo! Yay! Good, Timothy. And that's popular. That's popular now. A lot, of, a lot of people doing that. I don't know that it's worth getting that excited about, but yeah, it's a good idea. We're next to our last question, so I was trying to hurry. Okay, Anne Marie, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Maybe you know my sister. I'm brand spanking new to this page. It seems awesome. It I'm, is awesome. Yeah, baby. Oh. I've only ever used coconut oil in soap. It seems that it's becoming more popular in cooking. I have a large bucket of food grade coconut oil that I've used for soap but I'd really like to know a general rule as to where to substitute coconut oil for say canola or vegetable oil in cooking and baking thanks every one of them yeah really substitute it for all those um just as your starting point and I know Amory was uh is new and I said hi and she was excited about listening to some podcasts and stuff um but uh, those vegetables, oil, the vegetable cooking oils we know are are really not good now. So make that your first transition. Just start trying some coconut oils and things and some things. And remember, it might have a different flavor at first, but after you, your goal is just to eat that food. And then once uh, your body sees, oh, I can really use this. This is good stuff. It'll can start to change your taste buds, and you'll actually want that more. Okay, because we're fancy now, today's show is brought to you by Audible.com. Get Audible.com. A f- get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at kickitinthenuts.com forward slash audiobook. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And if you want to learn more about how to look at your own chemistry, you can read any read any of Tony's books. Tony's. Tony. I always want to say Hello, Tony's. I'm Tony. Tony's books or take the free four-week digestion course at kickitinthenuts.com or head on over to Hottie Patati Will Schmidt's page, mybodyofknowledge.net, and he's got a lot of good stuff on there, too, and self-tests and all that jazz. And thank you so much, everybody that's been leaving all the great reviews. It's so fun to hear about all the stuff you guys are learning about and you're excited about, and oh my gosh, I fixed this, I can't believe that. It's really fun, and that really helps us spread the word, too. Those reviews are like magic. So keep that up because that's that's really fun for us to get to hear. All right, later. Bye. Bye.